I am glad you are here because I'm excited to bring you a word tonight. And uh, I, I want to say this. I don't want this just to be information. I want this to be transformation that leads to formation. So, you know, if we're not careful, we can just get on here and listen to a few words and say, well, that was nice. But it's important that whatever is said, that we allow it to transform us and form us. It's about formation. The goal of every Christian is to be like Jesus. I'm going to say that again. The goal of every Christian is to be like Jesus. The goal of every Christian is to be like Jesus. Formation. Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to form us where we resemble Jesus? You know, the word Christian, you know, comes from the word Christ. So we should be little Christ. We should represent Jesus. Are you allowing the word of God that's being preached every Sunday and Wednesday, are you allowing it to take root in your heart so that it would form you and mold you and shape you so that you resemble Jesus? That is our goal. Our goal is just not to listen to a sermon and give mental assent and say it's good, but the goal here is to listen to it and to agree with it, because if you don't agree with it, you can't allow it, you can't open the door so that the Holy Spirit can go in and change your life. So you, we listen, we agree to it, we take evaluation of our life, what needs to change, allow the Holy Spirit to use the word that was preached and allow it to transform you and form you into Jesus. Listen, are you progressing? Are you progressing in the image of Jesus? Are you looking like Jesus? Are you growing? All right. And uh, so I want to just make sure that we we understand that this is just more than information. This is transformation and also formation as well. Now, I started a small little series last Wednesday talking about seasons and cycles, seasons and cycles. Um, if you've been serving God for any length of time, you'll know that uh, as you progress with the Lord, as you serve the Lord, there is this um, there is this. You you recognize that there's different seasons in your life, and uh, and I know sometimes we throw those those words around. This is a new season, or what is God doing in this season? And I can't wait for the next season of my life. We really throw those words around, and I'm not sure if we understand the implication of those words. I'm not sure if we understand what it really means uh, to be in a season. And so I want to distinguish that uh, a season from a cycle, although they are very similar, but in the spiritual realm, I believe that seasons are directed by God while cycles are formed by our, can be formed by our habitual habits. Now, uh, and, and they could be sinful habits, whatever. Sometimes we get stuck in a cycle that's what I call functional bondage. And those cycles of functional bondage is caused by our carnality. It's caused by our unwillingness to submit to the Lord. And so we get stuck in a cycle and we get we go around in circles and we're, we're stuck in a cycle and we can't break it. And so uh, those things are caused by our choices. All right. Cycles are caused by our own choices. But seasons are directed by God. 
okay? And there's nothing that you can do about a season. You have no control over the season. It is directed by God. However, cycles can be directed by you, by your own behaviors, by your own actions, by what you do. You can control the cycles in your life. And so there are certain seasons that's directed by God, but there are cycles that's directed by you. And knowing the difference can really help us in our spiritual journey, in our spiritual formation. All right. <clears throat> and so. Um, so what I want you to see is that let's look at let's look at um, let's look at seasons. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's look at seasons. There are four seasons of life. Uh, and, and, you know, there's four seasons in life. They are we all know what they are. Summer, spring, uh, fall and uh, winter. So there, there's four seasons. Uh, I believe that the natural can parallel to the spiritual. So I believe that in our spiritual life, there are also four seasons that's directed by God. Now, don't lose me. This is important. So in the natural realm, there are four seasons, spring, summer, fall, winter. And there's nothing that you can do about that. That happens whether you like it or not. Four seasons always come along. All right. Uh, in the spiritual sense, I believe there's four seasons that's directed by God and there's really nothing you can do about it. All right. They're directed by God. Now, what does it mean that I'm in the summer, the spiritual summer of my life? What does it mean that I'm in the spiritual spring of my life? What does it mean that I'm in the spiritual fall of my life? And what does it mean that I'm in the spiritual winter of my life? So if you're taking notes, I think this is noteworthy. Okay. So I want to explain to you what those four seasons mean in the spiritual world. Okay. So number one, um, winter is a season of reform. Say that with me. Winter is a season of reform. And what do you do when you reform things? You change things. So there are seasons in our life that is a winter season, which is in the spiritual aspect, a reforming season, which is a time where we change things. It's it's a time where maybe you 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 change positions, you change uh, you change maybe locations. Maybe there you know, it's a season of reform. It's a season where God is forming you and changing you. Every Christian should go through a season of change. If you're not changing, you're dying. So we should always go through, you know, have you ever met somebody that don't like change? Even the person who don't like change is a person who's changing. We're all growing older. Everybody's changing, you know. So whether we like it or not, ch change will happen. And so winter is a season of reform. It's a season of change. And so in those seasons, the Lord deals with us to change things. Maybe we change jobs. We change locations. We change uh, maybe our our thinking has changed. Uh, we change relationships. You know, uh, we discard relationships. We have new relationships. There's there's change that comes. Now, if you're married, you know, we encourage reconciliation. But you understand what I'm saying. Sometimes our friends, sometimes those are those uh, maybe our associations, maybe they bring us down. Maybe there's a season of change that's coming. Um Spring is a change is spring in the spiritual sense is a season of refocus, refocus. And that is a season of new growth, new growth. So what happens in the spring of the year? 
it's when we clean out closets, you know, when we get ready, we get refocused for the for the for the summer. We get prepared for what's laying ahead. And so spring is a season of growth, new growth in our life. It's a season of where we learn new things, where our mind is being challenged, our spirit is being challenged. We're going to a new level. So spring is a season of refocus. It's a season of new growth. So listen, if you're not growing, you're not changing. So it's important that we grow. That is why I have uh, suggested that you read these books, because I want you to grow. I want you to read through the Bible. I want you to go through a season of growing. All right. Uh, Summer is a season of um, reproduction, reproduce. You know, it's a season where you give from what you have received. You give from what you have received. You see, the Lord has not called you just to receive all the time. The Lord has called you to give. And so spring is a summer of reproducing. It's a season where you give because you have you have received. And so, uh, you know, giving is the proof that greed does not have you. All right. Giving is the proof that greed is not your master. All right. God is not concerned about money. He's concerned about your heart. So giving is is proof that greed does not control you. All right. And so um, so summer is a season where you give back because you have received. And autumn or fall is a season where things are renewed. It's, it's a time where you shed off the old habits and you take up new habits. So it's a season where things are renewed, new commitments, new dedications. So there are four seasons in the Lord, and they are a spiritual winter, a spiritual spring, a spiritual summer, and a spiritual autumn. In other words, winter is a season of reform. Spring is a season of refocus. Summer is a season of reproduction. And autumn is a season of renewal. Renewal. And so these seasons you will find them operating in your life and it's a continual thing. You're always going through these seasons. You're always going through seasons of change. You're going through seasons of refocus. You're going through seasons of extreme generosity and giving back. You're going through seasons where you're shedding off new habits and learning new things. These are seasons that the Lord wants you to go through. And sometimes, you know, we we get stuck and we don't want to go forward because it, we, we're uncomfortable. But the Lord desires you to continue to go through these seasons so that he continues continues to mold you and form you and shape you and make you into the person that he's desired you to be. Now, cycles, cycles are cycles um, are see, cycles are patterns in our life that we have formed because of our habits. And we'll say that again. Cycles are patterns that's been formed in our life because of habits. And they can be good or they can be bad. But you choose to break the cycle or you choose to continue to be in the cycle. And so seasons are directed by God, but yet cycles are patterns that's been formed by our habits that we have made. Okay? And so you have um, you you have a decision to make. Am I going to break this cycle or am I going to remain in this cycle? Now, you may ask the question, well, how do I break the cycles of my life? If there is a cycle in my life that's a negative cycle, that's a sin, that's a habit, that's an addiction, how do I break it? 
Well, first of all, you can't break it yourself. And sometimes we have exalted our will over God. It's what I call will worship. We worship our will and think that we have the ability to break it in our life. Well, listen, you can't break it in your life. There are some cycles that's so strong in your life that you're going to have to have the grace of God to break it. He has to break it. All right. And so uh, and if he doesn't, then, you know, um, you know, you will continue to be in that struggle. You know, struggle is the proof that you have not been conquered. So it's okay to struggle just as long as you struggle as a soldier and don't struggle as a slave. Have a soldier mindset that you want to overcome this. So struggle is the proof that you have not been conquered. Okay, so you continue. You, you, if, if you've got to continue to struggle, struggle towards victory. Don't go back, but struggle towards victory. And so how do I break cycles in my life? How do I break uh, how do I break cycles of bondages? How do I break those cycles? Well, you know, I don't have anything new to tell you, but I do have something scriptural to tell you. And I, I believe that some of the reasons why some things are not broke in our life uh, and some of the reasons why cycles are not broken in our life is because we don't believe we I don't know if we believe at times I don't know if we believe um I don't know if we really believe in God's nature and God's ability and so and there's a difference between there is a difference between um and I'm going to say this there's a difference between being optimistic and having faith all right being optimistic, you will say, well, somebody that's optimistic will say, well, I believe it's going to work out somehow. That's being optimistic. Somehow it's going to work out. I don't know how to, I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills this month. Somehow it's going to work out. I'm in a bad relationship. Somehow it's going to work out. I'm, you know, I'm struggling in this area of my life. Somehow it's going to work out. Well, that's being optimistic. And there's nothing wrong with being optimistic. But optim being optimistic is not going to break the cycles in your life. It's not going to break the cycles by being optimistic. I know a whole lot of people that's optimistic that's still in that's still struggling in cycles in their life. It's what I call functional bondage. They're still struggling. It's a cycle, and that cycle has been caused by patterns that they've created by their habits. And in order for you to break those cycles in your life, you can't break those cycles in your life by just being optimistic. All right. But there's a difference between being optimistic and have, being a person of faith. And sometimes I think that we 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 throw those words around. I'm a person of faith or have faith in God, but we don't understand what it means to have faith. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share the difference with you. An optimistic person has faith in it, while a person of faith has faith in the object of their faith, which is God. They have faith in God, while an optimistic person has faith in it, whatever it may be. They have faith in their job. Somehow my job will work out. That's the object of their faith. Or somehow it will work out. No, no, that's just being optimistic. But a person of faith, they, they put their trust in the object of their faith, which is God. Somebody say amen. So I choose today to be a person of faith 
not just an optimistic person. Amen. A person of faith puts their objective, puts their trust in God, in a person, while an optimistic person puts their trust in it, whatever it may be. What It, it could be the universe. It will work out. Somehow it will Somehow it all will work out together in the end. Somehow, you know, they're not putting their faith in the object. They're not putting their faith in God. And, and faith puts its trust in God, in a person. While being an optimistic person, you put your trust in hoping that things will work out. But the objective is not necessarily God. Okay. So, um, and that's very, very important to distinguish both of them. Now, when you are going to break a cycle in your life, you've got to not just be optimistic. I'm not asking you to be optimistic. I'm asking you to put your faith in God. Faith is trusting God. That's what faith is. Trust in God. Somebody says, what is faith? What is faith? What is faith? Faith is trusting God. That's all. That's all it is. When you can't trace him, you got to trust him. All right. And so faith is trust in God. Now, if I'm going to trust God, what do I trust? What about God do I trust? Is there something particular about God that I should trust? Yes, two things. You should trust God's nature and you trust God's ability. Say that with me. I trust God's nature and I trust God's ability. You know, I trust God. I trust his nature and his ability. I trust his nature. What does that mean? I believe that he is who he said he is. He's a way maker. He's a he's a mind regulator. He's a burden bearer. He's a bondage breaker. He's a he's a you know he he's a shelter. He's a he's a shelter in a strong storm. He is my buckler and my strength. I believe in his nature. I believe in who he said he is. That isn't that the whole climax of the New Testament? Jesus asked Peter, who do men say that I am? Peter said, well, some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say you're one of the prophets. And Jesus said, but Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and bone hath, bone hath not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven has revealed this to you. Peter made a proclamation of faith that he believed in Jesus and he believed in who Jesus said he was. So if I'm going to have faith, if I'm going to trust God, I got to trust his nature. And what does that mean? I got to trust that he is who he said he is. And number two, I got to trust his ability. That means I can I trust that he can do what he said he can do. Not only do I trust who he is, but I can trust what he does. Somebody say amen. Amen. I not only can I trust in who he is, but I can trust in what he does. Amen. You can do what you say that you can do. I trust in your ability. But not only do I trust in your ability, but I trust in your nature. You are who you said you are. And my brothers and sisters, my friends, that's what I call faith. Faith put faith, trust, and puts its objective in God while being optimistic puts its optimistic, put, put, put their optimism in, in, in it or whatever it may be, not necessarily God. Amen. 
So are you an optimistic person or are you a person of faith? And a person of faith put its trust in its object, which is God. But being optimistic, somehow you just believe it may work out. No. But a person of faith puts its trust in God and God alone. That is how you can break the cycles in your life. Do you really believe he is who he said he is? And do you really believe he can do what he said he can do? Isn't that the whole issue of the Old Testament? God always reminding his children, believe me, believe me that I was the one that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Believe me. Don't forget me. Believe that I was the one that brought you out. Don't forget me. I was with your forefathers. I'm going to be with you. He rode up the Red Sea for the children of Israel when they were delivered from the land of Egypt. But he did the same thing for the next generation when they crossed over the Jordan River. He dried the Jordan River up because he's the same God. He's the same God as our ancestors. Amen. So, so we got to believe that not only he is who he said he is, but we also got to believe he can do what he said he can do. Amen. And that has the potential to break the seasons of your, break the cycles of your life. Now, what are the seasons? There are four seasons in life, and I would parallel them to the spiritual world. And I would say that there are four seasons in our spiritual life, and they are winter, spring, summer, and fall. And in the spiritual world, winter is a season of reform, while spring is a season of refocus. Summer is a season of reproducing. And autumn or fall is a season of renewal. Those seasons are directed by God and there's nothing you can do about them. All right. You got to have discernment. What is the seasons that I'm in? What is God trying to do? Is he trying to renew me? Is he trying to refocus me? Is he trying to cause me to be challenged, to grow more, to give more, to reproduce more? Or is there a season of renewal in my life? Those seasons are directed by God. However, cycles can be negative and it can be positive, but they are formed by patterns. They're patterns in your life formed by habits. All right. And so, and you can break the negative cycles in your life by being a person of faith and not necessarily being an optimistic person. There's nothing wrong with being an optimistic person, but if you're going to break the cycles, the negative cycles in your life, you can't break the negative cycles in your life by be just being optimistic. You have to put your faith in God. Amen. And so that and then and what does it mean to put your faith in God? It means that I believe in his nature. I believe in who he said he is. And I also believe in his ability that he can do what he said he can do. Listen, listen, what you do in your cycles is really a seed. Your seed is a photograph of your faith. So if you're just going to sit around and say, well, I believe God, I believe God, but you don't put no action to it, then your faith is dead. So everything you do is a seed and your seed is a photograph of your faith. So I can tell, I can tell whether you have faith or not by what you do, because what you do is a seed. Everything you do in life is a seed. And that seed is a photograph of your faith or your doubt. Somebody say amen. So when a person, when a person worships God, in the middle of the winter season of their life, that, that, is, that, that is a photograph of their faith. Their actions, their seed is a photograph of their faith. 
So is your seed a photograph of your faith or is it a photograph of your doubt? Your seed is a photograph of your faith or a photograph of your doubt. Your seed reflects your faith or it reflects your doubt. Amen. Do you have the ability to give in adverse times? Your giving is a seed and that seed is a photograph of your doubt or your faith. Your whatever you do is a photograph of your seed or is a photograph of your doubt or your faith. Amen. Amen. So, uh, and it's important that you hear this. I mean, it's important because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. What you repeatedly hear, you will eventually believe. And so if you repeatedly hear and read the stories of the nature of God and his ability, then that's going to produce faith in your life because what you repeatedly hear, you will eventually believe. Amen. And so I just believe tonight. I just believe tonight that God wants to do something great in your life. And I believe that God is raising you to a new level of faith and trust in God. Amen. I I am believing that God has taken you from being an optimistic person to a person of faith. Amen. The greatest quality on earth is the willingness to become. Amen. Are you willing to become a person of faith? Are you willing to move from being optimistic to a person of faith? And listen, it will try you. It will try you. It will hurt. It will take you out of a comfort zone. But God is trying to change our mindset from being fixed to a growth mindset. Listen, a fixed mindset is a mindset that's in the box. You don't see outside the box. You know, I don't have enough money to pay my bills. That's a fixed mindset. You don't see outside the box. But a person of faith sees beyond the box. Amen. They they, they see beyond the box because they read about his nature and they've read about his ability and they put their faith in God and they're just not optimistic that somehow it's going to work, work out. Listen, if you're just optimistic, how do you know your prayers are answered? You got to put your faith in God because God is the one that answers prayers, not an optimistic viewpoint. Amen. Uh, the greatest quality on earth is the willingness to become. Amen. The willingness to become. Amen. You say, well, pastor, I believe God and it don't work. I believe God. I remember I believe God and, you know, something happened to me and and I'm disappointed. You know, we hear all kinds of stories, but you got to realize you can never re- rewrite your theology to accommodate your tra- tragedy. Never rewrite your theology to accommodate your tragedy. You can't do that. You cannot rewrite theology to accommodate your tragedy. It doesn't work that way. Amen. It doesn't work that way. My tragedy is submitted to my theology. All right. My theology is not submitted to my tragedy. Amen. Well, I'm about to shout up in here. Amen. Say that with me. Never rewrite my theology to accommodate a tragedy. Your tragedy should submit to the theology. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Struggle is the proof that you have not been conquered. Amen. Do you feel faith rising in the building? I'm telling you, God wants to do great things in your life. Amen. I remember one time years ago, I was uh, praying in my first church. You know, I was a uh, was around 20, 22, 23 years old, and I was in seminary, and uh, I uh, didn't make a whole lot of money, and um, 
I was struggling financially. I was going to school and I was uh, just didn't have a lot of money. And so I was praying. I, I remember I was praying in the church one day and I was asking the Lord. I said, Lord, I need a hundred dollars to, you know, pay my bills and get gas. And, you know, I don't have any money. And so I was and I, re, I specifically I remember as I was praying 103 Wilson Avenue, Marshall Avenue in Cynthia, Kentucky. I remember laying uh, on my knees on the floor. The sun was coming in the 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 church in the windows. I'll never forget. I was crying, I was praying, and I remember I started rehearsing the stories of the Bible, how God fed the multitudes. I started rehearsing how money ended up in the mouth the mouth of a fish and paid for Peter's tax and the Lord's tax. I remember praying, saying, "Lord." You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. I, I remember praying, Lord, I, I, you, you, you rolled up the waters for your people, and they walked on dry ground, and Miriam took up a tambourine and danced in your goodness. I started rehearsing the stories of the Old Testament, and as I was doing that, faith began to rise in my heart. I began to laugh and cry because I was reminiscing the stories of his ability, and I remember reminiscing the stories of his nature. Amen. And I did that for about three days. I was praying, asking the Lord. Well, my aunt and uncle was coming to town. Uh, I think it was it was just a spontaneous trip. They came to see me. And I went down. I, I remember finished praying that day. I went down to meet them in my, my apartment. And the very first thing my uncle Eric did, I got out of my car. He hugged me. The very first thing he did. And he, he said, uh, you know, he calls me. He, I have a nickname with my uh, my uncle. He calls me. Pookie. He said, hey, Pookie, I got something for you. <laughs> he pulls out of his his shirt, his top pocket, gives me an envelope. He says, oh, I wanted I wanted to give this to you. I opened it up and it was a hundred dollars. Now, was that coincidence? Absolutely not, because God already knew I was going to pray it anyway. He already orchestrated the events for my uncle to put the money in the envelope to give to me. I wasn't optimistic about hoping that it will happen. I didn't go to prayer being optimistic. Somehow it's going to work out. Somehow I'll get it. Somehow it's all good. No, 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 no. I put my faith in God and I put my faith in his ability and in his nature. And as I begin to reminisce those stories, and as I begin to reminisce those stories, as I was praying, it built faith. And I believed and trust God and God came through. I have tons of stories, tons of stories. I remember one time I was praying for a miracle and a dear sister in Kentucky was, you know, and sent me an email and said, I'm going to give you an X amount of money. I almost fell out of the, you know, it was enough money to take care of what I needed for school. And, 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 and it was, I'm telling you, I got miracles after miracles, after miracles, after miracles of God coming through with, uh, and I'm telling you, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will never fail you. I refuse just there's nothing wrong with being optimistic, but I choose to be a person of faith and I choose to put my faith in God and I choose to believe. I choose to believe what God says about himself and I choose to believe that God can do what he said he can do. Amen. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus tonight that we would be that, that there would be a level of faith that would arise within our hearts. That we would put our faith and trust in you and you alone. Father, I pray tonight that you would take us. If you want to reform us, refresh us, 
mold us, shape us, whatever you need to do, we give you permission to do it, Lord. Change our mindsets, change our perspectives. Take us to a new height and a new level in you that we've never been before. Hallelujah. Now, as I was praying, I just sensed the Holy Spirit said, there's at least two of you tonight. I just sensed the Holy Spirit is believing God for a financial miracle, and you've been praying for it, just like I prayed for one. The Holy Spirit told me to tell you you're going to see him move very shortly. So just praise the Lord right now. Just rejoice right now that it's already done. Amen. Amen. Somebody's having trouble with your eye. You're having trouble with your right eye. And I just feel like the Holy Spirit said that you're going to, he's going to bring healing to you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I just feel like the Holy Spirit saying somebody's having trouble with something with the airway in your nose. It's been there's something wrong that's been something's wrong with the airway in your nose. I just feel like the Holy Spirit is saying he's bringing healing in Jesus name. So I thank you right now that the healing power of Almighty God is flowing through bodies. We command you to be healed. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Spirit, how he went about healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be encouraged in Jesus' name. Be strengthened in Jesus' name. We receive it. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Praise the Lord. I bless, I bless the Lord tonight. I thank you, Jesus, that you're able to do what you said that you would do. I thank you that you're more than enough. I thank you that tonight, Lord, you are who you said you are. You are a mind regulator. You are a burden bearer. You are uh, the you are the Prince of Peace. You are the way maker. You are the light in the darkness. We trust you tonight. We trust you tonight. Amen. 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 God is good. God is good all the time. Well, I certainly love all of you, and I certainly miss all of you. And I will keep you posted as, as soon as I find out what we're doing, I'll keep you posted. But Sunday morning, Sunday night, we'll still be on live stream. So tune, tune in, share it, like it. And uh, let's continue to read through the Bible. Don't forget my book club, these books I'm promoting. All right, let's let's read some books. And Amen. Love you all. If you hadn't had a chance to give, you can go to www.christpoint.net and you can give. All right. Thank you for your generous giving. Thank you for giving. Thank you for giving. And um, um, thank you so much for your giving. And uh, But if you haven't had a chance to give, make sure that you go to www.christpoint.net. You can give there or you can send it in at P.O. Box 3856 Joplin, Missouri 64803. You can go to the website and find directions for all that. So thank you so much for all of that. Amen. What did you say, Pastor Sean? Oh, yes. I want to pray real quick over our eight things. Remember, we want to pray out of obedience and not desperation. And every Wednesday night, we pray over eight things. All right. And Christ Point Church, we've been doing this for two years. We've been praying over eight things. Why? Because if you aim at nothing, you hit nothing. So we want to be focused in our prayers. And uh, and so we've been praying for eight things. And I'm going to lift this up to you. And I want you to agree with me about these eight things. Number one, I want you to just agree with me as I pray for these eight things over our church. Heavenly Father, 
In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray that there would be a spiritual awakening at Christ Point Church, the city of Galena, and the four-state region. I pray, God, awaken us out of our slumber and our sleep. Send forth an awakening, Lord, and let it start at Christ Point Church, and let it spread throughout the region, the city of Galena. We cry for an awakening, Lord. We cry that you awaken us, Lord, to your power and to your presence. Oh, God, remove the blinders off our eyes and send an awakening, I pray. I pray that there would be a, I pray for system structures and strategies. Lord, we know that you can bring in the people, but there has to be a system and a structure and a strategy to assimilate the people. If you don't like what we have, speak to us and we'll change it. But help us, Lord. Help us to be teachable. The system, the structure, and the strategy that you want us to have. I pray, Lord, for numerical and spiritual growth. There's enough people in the city of Joplin to fill up every church. And Lord, we bless every church in the city of Joplin and the region, Lord, that's preaching the gospel and that loves you. We bless them. Lord, we pray, God, that we're not, we know that we're not the only church. We're not, we're not the church. We're just a church. And Lord, but we have a desire to do something for you. And I'm asking you, God, that, that, that you would fill up every seat in the building. I pray, God, that you would not only fill up every seat, but I pray every seat to capacity and over. But I also pray, Lord, that we would, that you would raise up an army of believers here at Christ Point with a teachable heart, with a heart that want to serve you and to love you and to serve you and, and to be the people that you want us to be. I pray for finances and resources. I thank you that you're big enough to do. God, you're exceedingly, you can do far above what we can ask or think. I'm asking you, Lord, to pay this church off, that you would get the glory. For this is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. You, God, I'm asking you that you'd raise up tithers and extravagant givers. I pray for unexpected miracles. I pray for unexpected miracles. I pray, God, that, that, that unexpected miracles would happen. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God, for favor with the assemblies of God, that their heart would be directed towards us. I pray for wisdom in our leadership, My that I'll be a man of character and a man that would follow you. Wisdom, Lord, in our elders and finance team, pastors and directors and volunteers. I pray that we'll become a missional church with a global impact, however, whatever that means and however that means. But we pray, Lord, that you give us a heart for missionaries, that you give us a heart for the world. I pray for this Sunday service, Lord, that as the word of God is preached and go forth, that you would convict the hearts of those that need to hear it and bring us to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Oh, we give you praise and give you glory. We ask these things in the name of Jesus, the Lord. And we thank you that you're greater than what we could ever anticipate. You're far above what we can anticipate. Thank you for everything that you've done and what you're willing to, and what you're going to do in Jesus name. And everyone said, amen and amen and amen and amen. I love you guys. God bless you. And I'll see you Sunday. If there's any important announcements to be made, I'll make sure I do a Facebook live and make sure that I I do that. But God bless you. Love you all. Have a good evening.